It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call 312-726-1243. Today I'll be speaking with Hisham Shahab, who grew up in a world of bitter animosity between Muslims and Christians in Lebanon. By age 13, he was recruited by the Muslim Brotherhood and later fought against Christians in the Lebanese Civil War. Now, Hisham is the pastor of Salam Christian Fellowship, a ministry dedicated to sharing the gospel with Muslim and Middle Eastern immigrants in the Chicagoland area. Salam's objective is to bring these immigrants to the saving grace of Christ Jesus through teaching and baptism. Hisham, welcome to our show. Thank you. And your personal story is is so interesting. Can you give us a few uh, uh, a few minutes on your personal story of faith? Certainly. Uh, let me explain that uh, Lebanon is in the news today, and Lebanon is a special country in the Middle East. When Lebanon was established by uh, the colonial powers after World War One. Uh, they installed a Christian president who's still, I mean, uh, this, uh, the seat for the Christian president is still there until today. So the commander-in-chief in Lebanon is Christian, Maronite, not Mennonite, Maronite with an R, Christian, Catholic. And this is a uh, kind of an arrangement to divide the power between the Christians and the Muslims, uh, Shiites and Sunnis. The prime minister is Sunni Muslim. The uh, house speaker is Shiite. So when uh, the the country was formed, uh, 50% of the Lebanese were Christian. Now, uh, with time, the Muslim population outbred them, you know, kind of, and uh, start to ask more for more political power. So, uh, and they want to remove the privileges of the Christian, uh, you know, population, which is a presidency. So a civil war broke out, and I was recruited by the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, the Lebanese chapter. And uh, uh, later, uh, I was uh, kind of picked by the head of the Muslim Brotherhood to to be trained to become an imam at the age of 16 because of my uh, mastery of the Quran, the Book of Islam. But God had a different plan for my life. I got into a head-on collision, broke both my legs. Instead of preaching on Friday, I was hospitalized for 50 days at American University Hospital. Then uh, uh, I I started to get interested in medicine, so I started teaching myself English and made it to the American University of Beirut, admitted in the pre-medical program. It was 1980, my freshman year, the first semester one. Uh, I want to focus on my studies and forget about the civil war. My, when my only brother, my only sibling was killed by a Christian militia, I was d- devastated. I got a silencer and a gun and wanted to kill my enemies. But uh, God, again, had a different plan for my life. Uh, one of the courses 
at the American University of Beirut, a college requirements from all students was a, a course of cultural studies that included selections from world literature. And one of them was the New Testament. And uh, I was coming back from a night uh, when I stalked my enemies with a gun and a silencer to hear something that changed my life, love your enemies, and the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on, uh, on the Mount tugged on my heart and uh, turned the tables of history on me. I was a devout Muslim, a member of the Muslim Brotherhood. I had memorized half the Quran by heart, and I was baffled by his statements, love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and all your strength. So I started seeking the truth. I tried to do other things like I thought maybe the truth is in Hindu philosophy or Eastern spirituality. So I signed up for, I didn't, I couldn't find a Hindu temple or a Buddhist temple. The only thing I could find was a yoga course offered at the American University of Beirut. So walk in there. I, uh, the instructor, British lady, she thought I came by mistake because all the students were girls. And uh, <laughs> I told her, no, I, I mean, I want to reach God through uh, Eastern spirituality. She said, you came to the right place. So I, uh, she told me, uh, uh, you need to cleanse your body before you do yoga. I, I thought, may take a shower. She said, <laughs> no, it means you have to be vegetarian. So I was a young man, 20, 21 years old, doing three martial arts. Uh, jogging five miles a day. I was full of hate, wanted to kill my enemies with my bare hands if needed. So uh, I had to munch on fruits and vegetables half of the day and spend the other half of the day in the bathroom because of fibers, you know. <laughs> and uh, But I, in two months, I mastered all yoga positions and she said, you are ready for transcendental meditation. I was given a mantra and I, they, I was told it will dig in my soul and then I'll rise up to God step by step. The seventh step would be union with God. The more I repeat that Sanskrit mantra, the more stupid I felt. And it dawned on me, reading the Bible, that it's an upside-down story. We try to climb up to God with our spiritual exercise. We may try to climb up to God with our good work. That's an upside-down story. Christ came down to us, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he did everything on the cross. And I knew that my sins were forgiven, and I forgave my enemies. Uh, before that, I was full of hate, and I forgave my enemies and worked for peace initiatives in the country after the Civil War settled down. Amen. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky of the law firm of Malk and Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MalkBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today we're speaking with Hisham Shahab, pastor of Salam Christian Fellowship, about his work with uh, Muslims and uh, Middle Eastern immigrants. And how did you get to the U.S.? The death of my brother disoriented me, and instead of doing uh, medicine, I, I couldn't focus really anymore. I did uh, a few degrees. One of them was a master's degree in history of Islam and uh, did PhD studies in the same subject and became adjunct professor at the American University of Beirut, as well as a journalist. So uh, I was invited to, the, to, to speak in different uh, occasions, especially uh, to join the National Prayer Breakfast because of my uh, uh, activism in human rights. 
uh, in 99. And then in 2001, this is really the main thing. I bumped into a retired Lutheran pastor from northern Minnesota in an elevator in Beirut, Lebanon. <laughs> Beirut, Lebanon. <laughs> Lebanon, south that, of Turkey, uh, south of Texas. Okay. That, that, yeah, that's not usually where somebody goes to retire <laughs> yeah. for vacation. So, yeah, he came for four months. He was a snowbird and... Uh, and uh, he was giving his business card in the elevator, trying to say, God is love. It was funny. He was butchered the whole thing, you know, in <laughs> Arabic. And I took his business card. He was the first Lutheran specimen I had ever seen. So I I called him, wanted him to give a lecture on the Reformation, my course at the, in college. And we became friends. I helped him for three years. After three years, I traveled to Qatar to work in Al Jazeera. He called me from Minnesota because he relocated and, and he said, why go to Qatar? Come to the United States. We'll send you to a seminary. It was a dream come true, you know. So I just, I had a tourist visa, boarded a plane and uh, came to the United States. I never looked back, you know. And uh, it was difficult in the beginning, but then God opened doors. Well, you know, the nice thing about the United States is you don't have to go anywhere to to get to people who may not know about Jesus because yeah. they're all around you. Yeah, and certainly. they come from all parts of the world. So it's a great thing. And uh, in a couple of minutes, why don't you just give me a brief overview, and then we'll get into more detail later, about your ministry. You know, it's uh, Jesus doing the work. I'm not doing it. I was just, uh, I moved from uh, Michigan to Chicagoland in 2006, Thanksgiving 2006. And we were in Roselle uh, giving a, a uh, boxes of food to, to immigrants and refugees in Wheaton. And uh, we went down, drove down to Wheaton where there's more refugees and we were given uh, a box of food for Easter in 2007. And I bumped into a Palestinian refugee who lived in Lebanon and we kind of connected because of her dialect and what have you. So I brought my wife, visited her and her family of seven. And uh, then I asked her if we can do a Bible study in her home. A Muslim, you know, she said yes, and uh, we gathered the, the the neighbors, and in two months we baptized seven people, and we started uh, gathering people for worship. I got a a small uh, conversion van, like seven people, and then later twelve passenger van, fifteen passenger van. We started driving people to church and doing an informal worship service, and. The attraction is that we connect with them through social services. We uh, help them with their immigration uh, issues. We fill out uh, applications for immigration for them. Like they come legal and everything, but they uh, need a driver's license. They need uh, to apply for food stamps in the beginning. Uh, they apply to, for a job. They don't know how. So uh, our transportation and teach them how to drive, which is sometimes dangerous, you know. But uh, we do kind of through social services connect with them and they come and listen to the gospel and we have so far baptized more than 45 people the last one was uh, in on saturday last saturday and uh, i mean uh, they are come from eight countries even iranians so we do this the informal worship service in three languages arabic english and farsi the language of iran and so we have people from iran from morocco from iraq from lebanon from palestine from jordan Coming up, we'll talk further with Hasham Shihab, pastor of Salam Christian Fellowship, about his ministry helping Muslims to know Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky, and this is Lawyers for Jesus.
In the wide, confusing world of law and lawyers, it's tough to find someone you can trust that shares your Christian values for legal advice and representation. You can trust Mauk and Baker, a Christian law firm based in Chicago that serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal matters. They seek to represent clients like you with integrity and care by using biblical principles as the foundation of their work. Additionally, their monthly newsletter highlights what's current in the religious liberty arena, keeping you informed on your right to worship, whether that's on the street, in public school, or within the walls of your church. Subscribe to their newsletter at maukbaker.com slash newsletter. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R dot com slash newsletter. If you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauk and Baker at 312-726-1243. Call and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. That's 312-726-1243. Forty-three. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we've been speaking with Hasham Shahab, pastor of Salam Christian Fellowship about uh, how Jesus is reaching uh, Muslims in the United States. And uh, uh, we were talking over the break about how uh, Islam is divided into, into two great sections, Shia and Sunni Muslims. And I was asking you whether you uh, had problems with putting those two groups together. Actually, uh, I can say that the Prince of Peace is bringing them together and that uh, uh, the Shiites are a minority, even, uh, but uh, here in the United States, because of the war on Iraq uh, that hit Iraq, so a lot of Iraqis come who are Shiites. So in the beginning, we had more than half of the people coming as Shiite Iraqis, but we never had any problem with them and or w- with the conflicts in the community. And instead, I, I think it's a good testimony to say that uh, uh, two years ago, a a Jordanian Sunni Muslim who was baptized by through Salam married a former Shiite Iranian, which is shows the power of the gospel and the Prince of Peace bring them together. So they sit together in the pews and listen to the gospel. And above all that, many of them are seeing Jesus in visions and dreams and coming to ask questions or are kind of confirmed uh, by uh, you know supernatural powers. How, that they are on the right path, and uh, it's uh, that Jesus is the truth with a capital T. Well, uh, certainly Paul said, you know, because of the gospel, we are no longer male and female, no longer Jew and Greek, uh, no matter slave and free. So this is how uh, the gospel works. Uh, and you t- said before that you were providing uh, services through your ministry certainly. to um, these immigrants. And why is that important? It's very important because uh, uh, in the Middle East, people, when they hear Christian, uh, there is some hostility because they think that we worship three gods. And that uh, with uh, they also they mix between Hollywood and Christianity. So this is a big problem that how to sort out the images uh, portrayed by uh, uh you know, Hollywood and uh, the real life of American Christians here. I uh, kind of, uh, I, 
I had a guy, I baptized a guy in Michigan who thought that when he arrives in the United States, he'll, uh, he'll pick uh, dollars from trees and a, 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 blonde, <laughs> a blonde woman will take him in her convertible home, you know. So, I mean, another guy was uh, driving like Smokey and the Bandit, you know, so, uh, and caught by the police, sure. Yeah, but I'm saying that, uh, so they have to kind of uh, know more about uh, the American life in order to integrate better and, uh, so, and acculturate. So we really educate them through that, as well as, so building bridges, because uh, they need to feel the love we have for them, whether they are uh, Shiite or Sunni or whatever. There are other cults also. There's a cult called uh, Followers of John the Baptist who come from Iran and Iraq, and they believe that they are the chosen people of God too. <laughs> and uh, so we, through social service, we build bridges and earn the right to share, you know, we earn the right to speak to them. And uh, this is very important. And a lot of effort is really kind of uh, uh, done or uh, uh, put in, in this uh, in social service. Now I have an assistant. We are raising funds for him. Uh, he is uh, the first guy who speaks both Arabic and English very well and drives. And this is very important for me and young, you know, and married. So not the young ladies will have their eyes on him. So this really kind of helps me a lot so that he will get social services off my back. And then I'll uh, have more time to teach the gospel and uh, yeah, minister to them. Well, the social services, of course, are an entree to yes, a community because it, it, right. it gets you a chance to speak yeah. with them. Or otherwise, yeah. they might say, yeah. I don't want to even talk Let to you. Me, uh, give an example of yeah. uh, a guy who, Iraqi, who thought that because of the war in Iraq that Americans hate Arabs. And he was invited to a Thanksgiving dinner uh, in the church, you know. And uh, later he saw Jesus in a vision, in a dream, actually, twice. And uh, then he, I was reading the Gospel of John with them. And he asked me to be baptized, you know. And so, I mean, so a, uh, and he said, I thought they hate us, but how could they invite us to, to, uh, to this dinner? And he went to church and through a, a, an interpreter, another church, actually. And he said, I thought they'll just curse Muslims and swear at them. Uh, I thought there's only love and forgiveness preached in the church. So this is how really uh, uh, his, uh, his heart was captured by the gospel. That's great. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Whit Brisky of Malkin Baker, and we're talking to Hisham Shahab, pastor of Salam Christian Fellowship. And uh, why is ministering to Arabs and Muslims some, a unique form of, of ministry? It is a culture of honor and shame. So it's a big shame to uh, uh, convert. It's like uh, treason. So the community is like, you know, uh, very well-knit and uh, uh, socially very active. And uh, it's like a small village. Everybody there have their eyes on everybody else. So uh, conversion is like if you wake up and find out that your uh, brother is a Soviet agent, you know. So this is treason for them. And uh, there are some nuances that only a Muslim would know. So it, they feel that they... Uh, would be disclosed to non-Muslims. So they uh, kind of, uh, uh, there's an art killing that takes place sometimes. So it's very difficult uh, because the cost is very high. But what we left for Jesus Christ is just trash compared to the blessings we have in the gospel. And many of them have 
sense that and are following Jesus irrespective of the uh, big, you know, uh, uh, snags uh, that they could uh, get across. And and even sometimes their families will just abandon them. Yes, too, right? I was disowned by uh, all my extended family, and they tried to kill me when I tried to go to Lebanon and visit my ailing father, and then he died, and I couldn't go to the funeral. That was... Uh, That's a shame. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. How is... How is your ministry supported? Where does it get it's its... It's a faith ministry, and from day one, I uh, trusted God in this because uh, when I finished seminary, they didn't know what to do with me, you know. They thought, well, maybe I, he doesn't know enough American sports to make a joke, to tell a joke before <laughs> the sermon, you know. So, uh, and I, I kind of, uh, God endowed me with this, uh, you know, uh, languages, both English and Arabic, and uh I was kind of uh, trained in politics in, the, in Lebanon. I was one of the lobbyists of the prime minister, late Prime Minister Hariri, so I kind of know how to interact with people. So God really kind of uh, prepared me and recycled me, by the way, you know, and uh, into a, a servant of the Lord. So uh, this is why kind of I feel that God prepared me for this. So it's a faith ministry and supported by uh, churches and individuals. Actually, we receive from individuals more than churches as well. We have uh, ch different churches, not only Lutheran, that support the ministry because it's a very much needed thing. And we are in the trenches. We are not just, you know, on Facebook trying to communicate with a Muslim or uh, what's up, what have you. We are really in the trenches and we kind of... Uh, uh, recently, we have started a mission outpost in the south, in Bridge near Bridgeview, and this is really a big thing because fifty thousand Muslims live and work there, and they are polarized by uh, hate preachers. So maybe that's another topic we can talk about later. Well, that's uh, that's good. Now you mentioned a couple of times, and I would just want to yeah. go into it a little more deeply. Is uh, you you talk about dreams? Yes, are these are people being visited by dreams and visions? Yes, and uh, uh, let me make a statement which would be the opening sentence for my PhD dissertation on this topic. While the West is a culture of rationality, the Middle East is a culture of revelation. So they still believe in spirituality and supernatural stuff. And if you remember, my wife is a genie, that, or I dream of a genie. So Muslims believe that there are genies everywhere. And there are angels on their shoulders, one on the right, one on the left, uh, writing down their good deeds and bad deeds. So they, it's a very spiritually uh, kind of saturated uh, environment. And so this is why... And because of the difficulty of the cultural, you know, uh, uh, blackout, if I can say that they are not supposed to believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, but only a human being, the Holy Spirit intervenes. There was a Dutch missionary called Brother Andrew. He said uh, the Islam is a, cult, a, a brick wall that prevents uh, Jesus from going into the heart of the Muslim, but the Holy Spirit removes the first brick and Jesus goes there. there. That's that's a great story. Hashem, thank you for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about Salam Christian Fellowship? You can go to the website Salam, S-A-L-A-M, christianfellowship.org. When I first uh, felt that the ministry is going on, 
very well. I And I saw Iranians and Iraqis, enemies of the past, sitting in the first pew. I thought the Prince of Peace bringing them together, we should call it Salam, which is Shalom. Salam, S-A-L-A-M, ChristianFellowship.org. There is a button for donate, and you can also send a check to the, to the address there. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. Visit our website and subscribe to our Religious Liberty Newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. And thank you, uh, Hasham. This has been a great interview and I will have you back again. Thank you. It's a pleasure, uh, but please keep me in your prayers. God bless you. We will. Thank you. This is Whit Brisky, Lawyers for Jesus. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.